0: A few years ago, uh, a psychology professor at the University of Miami knew his students were expecting this terrifying final exam, you know, this huge final exam. And he decided to mess with their minds a little bit. I mean, what can you expect from a psychology professor? And he uh, he decided that he was just going to have one question on the test. He was going to give them a test with just one question and he watched as the uh, students opened their test and they were expecting this big long test and they opened the test and there was just one question he he saw the relief he just sat back and watched and saw the relief on some of the students faces when they saw there was just one question and then he saw their their faces change as they read the question and understood the impact of the question and How are they going to answer this question? And they all sit there and nobody kind of moved. They were just kind of thinking about how to answer this question. Except for one fellow. He tapped his pencil in the palm of his hand a few times. He thought about it. Scratched his head. Thought about it. And he wrote something on his piece of paper. He walked up to the professor. Handed in the test. And walked out the door. And the professor was real surprised. He was like, and then he read it, and he smiled, and he put a 100% at the top of the paper. The question was, what is courage? The answer, this is. <laughs> the courage to confront is hard to obtain sometimes. Sometimes it's it, it, you know it's a test that's 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 kind of scary. You've got to confront this test. Maybe you hadn't had enough sleep. Maybe you hadn't studied long enough. It, it takes courage to confront. Some things are harder to do. Some things are harder to confront. You know, alligators would be hard for me to confront. I wouldn't want to confront an alligator. Bungee jumping, I wouldn't want to bungee jump don't have any desire to bungee jump. Uh, Skydiving. You know, I just would rather not. It's it's really not the heights that scare me. You know, bungee jumping, skydiving. I'm not really scared of heights. It's the... I mean, you're jumping out of of a perfectly good airplane. (laughs) You know? That's what I have a problem with a little bit. It, It takes courage to confront anything. You know, when Dana was sick... And so were all the kids these last couple of weeks. It took, it took courage to confront the laundry and the socks. The socks won. That's another story for a different day. But the, we'll talk, we won't go into that. Confrontation is hard. It takes courage to confront your neighbor. Now, I've got a great neighbor, Terry Woodward and Missy. They're wonderful neighbors. But, you know, some of you might have to confront your neighbor about the trash or, or the noise or, or Jesus. It's hard to confront people. We've got to have courage when we confront them, don't we? It takes courage to confront your relative about the past, the present, what's, what's going to happen in the, in the future, some kind of problem that the family's going through. Jesus. It's hard to confront. You've got to have courage to confront your relative about Jesus. We need courage. We need more courage in the church because it takes courage to confront your brother and sister about problems, advice, hurt feelings. It takes courage to confront evil, doesn't it? It takes courage to confront sin. To wage war against sin, it takes courage to to recognize that you've got that you've got sin. That you, that you have sinned. And it takes courage to confront that sin and stop. It takes courage to confront life. And, and really live. It takes courage to confront death. To be ready to die. Paul wrote, if you'll turn there, Paul wrote to Col- in Colossians chapter 1. We read part of this this morning. We'll read a little further today. Colossians chapter 1, it goes into chapter 2. Him, Colossians chapter 1 verse 28, Him, Christ, he says, We preach warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ. To this end, I also labor, striving to, a, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. For I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and, and those in Laodicea. And for as many who have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged. Did you get that? He wants He wants those in Colossae. He wants those in Laodicea. He wants all those who haven't seen his face. And that includes us. We've never seen Paul's face. He wants us to be encouraged. Being knit together in love and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God. Both of the Father and of Christ in whom are hidden all. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Paul preached Christ. So that every man could be perfect in Jesus Christ. And this caused him, him great conflict. But he told the Colossians and, and us today, if we'll have hearts... Of courage and love each other. We can have access to the treasures of, of, of wisdom and knowledge that, that, are, that are beyond our, our imagination. We can possess these treasures that are found, well, they're found only in, in God the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ. But to win this conflict, it takes courage, it takes love. You know, love takes courage. It does. Love takes courage, doesn't it? Love takes work. General Douglas MacArthur said, the tragedy of war can be summed up in two words. Too late. Too late. Too late in perceiving the danger. Too late in preparing your forces for the battle. Too late. To prepare, to have courage in the conflict, the goal is love. That's the goal. Work on love. To begin with love, to, to remain in love, and to continue in love. That's what Paul's trying to tell us in Colossians. You know, we could come up with, with reason after reason why folks avoid conflict. Some folks hate the very idea of conflict. They just don't want to have any kind of confrontation with, with anybody. Well, there's a fear of failure on some folks' parts. Some folks, if, 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 you know, if they say, if I confront my neighbor with the gospel, it won't work. They have a fear of failure. Or if I, if I confront my brother or sister, there'll be, there'll be more harm to the relationship. Maybe they fear that maybe they'll mess things up a little more. Or I'll be perceived as a mean person. We must overcome these, these obstacles to intimacy. People have a fear of intimacy. They have a, have a fear of, of, of drawing close to each other. We can't do that. We can't do that. We must overcome these obstacles in intimacy. We must have the courage to confront when the need arises. We must. Christians should be humble, peaceable, loving... That's true. But Christians must not be passive at times. We must not be passive at times. We must not be passive that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, but be positive about this great truth. Not passive, but positive that Jesus Christ came and died for for you and me. We can't let stinking thinking ruin our minds. We've got to reprogram our heads. You know, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You don't feel empty for the lost. That's not what you feel. You don't feel empty for the lost. You feel sorry for those who who don't have Jesus. Wrap your mind around the fact that when you share the hope that's in you, with someone, you're not intruding. You're—they they need Jesus, and, and you have Jesus, and you're telling them about Jesus. If you were at a restaurant and a piece of flu, food blocked your airway, well, you wouldn't wait for somebody to get permission to give you the Heimlich maneuver if you were sitting there choking to death, would you? Or if you were if you were lost in the sea and you were drowning, you wouldn't you wouldn't wait for somebody to get permission from you to throw you a life preserver would you you would just want them to do it if you were dying there's so many out there who are who are dying they need Jesus and you've got the life preserver you've got the maneuver you've got Jesus you've got the truth and you can share it people need Jesus don't be passive stand up for Jesus Christians must not be passive all the time. We've got to be positive about the good things and we must be negative and against evil. Of Jesus, God said in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 9, He loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Sometimes we must right the wrongs or die trying. A large hospital hired a new nurse fresh out of nursing school for the operating room. The doctor said during the operation, okay, close him up. And the brand new nurse said, oh no, wait a minute. We used 12 sponges and I count only 11. The doctor said, you're wrong. We only used 11. She said, no doctor, I've I counted right. We, 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 used, we used all 12 There's one missing. He said, I'll take full responsibility for it. Sutures, he called for. She almost laid her body over the patient and said, Doctor, think about the patient. He said, I am. And he moved his foot and there sat that sponge. He looked at that nurse and said, you'll do. Sometimes we've got to stand up for it. We've got to stand up for the right even when everybody else says it's wrong. We've got to confront it when need be. We can't be passive all the time. Yeah, we're supposed to love. Yeah, we're supposed to teach. We can't, do, we, we can't, be, we, we can't be passive all the time. We've got to be positive about the good things and negative against evil. We must show... Sometimes confront people about the wrong they're doing. And in love, again, it takes love to show them the right. The one true church is 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, the pillar and ground of truth. And we've got to believe that. We've got to believe that. Jesus Christ is, is our example to go by. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21, he's, he's our example, Peter says. He didn't revile or or threaten. Jesus was loving and He was kind. But at times, our Lord was aggressive and He hated evil. To the hypocritic Pharisees, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12 and and Matthew chapter 23, serpents, that's what He called them, brood of vipers. Sound like a meek, somebody. (laughs) Somebody. serpents brood of vipers how can you escape the condemnation of hell he said wow john chapter 2 verse 17 it says zeal for god's house ate him up when they when he threw out the profane money changers in the temple we must hunger and thirst he says Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, we must hunger and thirst for righteousness. And, that, and that's, not, that's not passive. That's not passive. It's bold. Righteousness makes one confident and, and bold. In, in prayer, we come boldly. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, we come boldly to the throne of grace. If, if we are righteous, even persecution, We'll not be able to separate us from the love of God. Romans chapter 8 verse 39. Being right with God gives us confidence in overcoming evil. The Lord is, is faithful. And, and 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 18 will deliver me like Paul. I'm, I'm confident that from the, that from every evil work I will be delivered and preserved for His heavenly kingdom. I'm confident of that. I'm bold because of The promises that I have. Jesus is the basis for this confidence. Because in Him, Ephesians chapter 3 verse 12, we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in Him. Do you see? We have boldness and confidence because of Jesus Christ. He's the basis for this confidence. The Christian is bold and confident and courageous because of the the source of it all, Jesus Christ. You know, the funeral home is full of regrets. The funeral home is full of them. But we don't need to add to them. We don't need to add to them, church. A prisoner was asked what he wanted for his last meal before his execution. He asked for a plate of mushrooms. The guard asked while the prisoner ate those mushrooms. He said, said, why? A whole plate of mushrooms. He said, I never thought I'd like them, but I had never tried them before. And I thought, well, I'd never have a chance to do it again. We can't live our lives in coulda, shoulda, wouldas. I wish I would have done that. I could have done that. I should have done that. We can't live our lives that way, folks. We've got to be bold. We've got to be confident. Don't live your life that way. Be courageous. And your confidence will be rewarded. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 35. But if you draw back, verse 38, God has no pleasure in you. If you draw back, Christian, God has no pleasure in it. Don't be afraid. Be bold. Be confident. Don't retreat. Be courageous. Christians are soldiers. Amen? Christians are soldiers. Think of yourself that way. Think of yourself that way. It it helps me out when I think of myself as a soldier. As a soldier of God, I have more courage than just plain old Chad. I'm not just plain old Chad. I'm, I'm a soldier of God gives me confidence it gives me boldness to know that I'm in the Lord's army, yes sir I'm in the Lord's army, yes sir y'all remember (laughs) I have more courage than just plain old Chad. a good soldier, he endures hardship 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 3 a good soldier puts his armor on Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 18 we sing that song hard fighting soldier I've got my helmet on my head. In my hands a, a sword and shield. Good soldiers make good war. First Timothy chapter one, verse eighteen, and fight the good fight of faith. First Timothy chapter six, verse twelve. All these songs tonight, all, all of the analogies that, that Paul uses in the in, in talking to Timothy, they're there for a reason they're there to give us boldness they're there to give us confidence they're there to give us courage oh yeah we need to be courageous christians courageous soldiers of god to fight well in a battle a soldier a soldier must train a soldier must train if you're scared to confront someone about the gospel start start small from this from this part of the year on, start small and, and set a goal. You know, all sports are built on on the basics. They're built on the fundamentals, aren't they? If it's hard for you to face people, well, take a take a tract, take a tract or one of the bulletins, and 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 just 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 leave it where you were sitting at the restaurant. Just leave it wherever you were. Leave it with the. Cashier, you know, you, you, and, and just walk away. You've done your job. See, you've you've done your job. Don't don't worry about the consequences. Don't worry about what happens with the track. Don't worry about that. Who knows? It may end up in the hands of someone who really needs it. A good way to train up your courage to confront is to be the light. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. Be the light. Just, just be the light. Just, you know, have you ever met somebody and, and, and you start talking to them and within just a few minutes of the conversation, they're talking about the Lord. You ever met somebody like that? I mean, they, they may not go where you go or, 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 you know, believe what you believe, but they're talking about the Lord as soon as you start the conversation. Who's more of the light? Huh? We've got to be the light. You know, Hannah Griffin, I, I told you about it this morning. I'm hoping maybe for, uh, for the Focus Youth Rally, we can use this as the, as, as the theme for the Focus Youth Rally. Hannah Griffin told me of the analogy that there's no off-season. If you want to be a good football player, you've got to be a good Matt, Matt Miller's working up a youth devo on this. If you want to be a good football player, hey, you've got to practice all season long. You've got to hit the weights when football season's over. You know those, those guys that won the Super Bowl? They're practicing. They're working right now. They may have took a couple of days off, but they're working on it. Baseball players, they got to, basketball players, golfers, hey, when it's cold outside and you can't stand it, you put gloves on, right? If you want to be good. If you want to be a good anything, if you want to be a good anything, you do it all the time. There is no off season. If you want to be a good Christian, you have got to do it all the time. When you're at work, do you let your light shine? When you're at school, do you let your light shine? When you're at home, do you let your light shine? Or when you walk out the doors? Hey, I, 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 I'm with you. I, I know exactly how you feel. Do we flip the light switch and turn the light off? Let's not do that. Let's have the courage to keep the light on all the time. When the, with the light, we have more courage, right? We don't have to be afraid of the dark, do we? We've got the light. There is no off season for a Christian. We cannot be neutral in this war. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, verse 30, He who is not with me is against me, and he who is not gathered with me scatters abroad. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, We cannot serve two masters. So who do you serve is the question Tell you this evening. Who do you serve? Set a goal this year. Start small. Gain the courage maybe to even hand your friend a, a tract. With an offer to study or, or pray attached. You know, we can demonstrate courage today. As soon as we walk out the door, we can demonstrate courage today by seeking His kingdom first. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. As a Christian, we must not be self centered. We can demonstrate courage today by faithfully following Christ. Matthew chapter 10, verse, verse 22. Even when you're, you're hated for the name of Jesus, you can still faithfully follow Him. We can build courage by enduring persecution. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 12. It says, all who desire to live a godly life will face persecution. We can face it with courage. We can demonstrate courage today by suffering and enduring temptation. Knowing that we, we have a Savior who understands. Jesus understands. Ralph Waldo Emerson wrote, Whatever you do, you need courage. Whatever course you decide upon, there's always someone to tell you that you're wrong. There are always difficulties arising that tempt you to believe that your critics are right. To map out a course of action and follow it to an end requires the same courage a soldier needs. Peace has its victories, but it takes brave men and women to win them. We must have courage and contend for the faith. We must contend, Jude 3, and confront evil and false teachers when they come our way. And this takes courage. It takes the courage to confront them. We must defend the truth. In Philippians chapter one, verse seven, Paul said that he was in chains because he defended the gospel. He was, verse 17, appointed to defend the gospel, and we must imitate his actions because some pervert the gospel. Galatians chapter one, verses six through nine, but we are our good soldiers, and we contend and we defend. Henry Fleming is the main character in the book. The Red Badge of Courage. Some of you had to read that in high school. Henry was a was a new Union soldier in the Civil War. In Henry's first battle, he was soldier to soldier, uh, sold, shoulder to soldier and soldier, uh, shoulder to shoulder with the fighting men that were around him. He he marched shoulder to shoulder with them with his gun and. He said he felt like he was part of a machine when he, we reloaded and fired and reloaded and fired. and He had those men standing on either side of him. and Wasn't that bad? The next day, the battle was a little different. Henry's group was asleep and they faced a surprise attack by the rebel soldiers. And Henry, he ran away from the battle and, and a good portion of this book... Is about Henry's justification for running away? Ha- has the battle come to you, and you've run away? Has that ever happened to you? The battle's there. The enemy is up on you. And rather than fight and face. The enemy with courage. You run away. It's all well and good to fight the devil here in this safe place. Shoulder to shoulder. With your fellow soldiers, isn't it? It's all well and good to fight him here. With your comrades. But has the devil ever surprised you? And caught you out in the open? Maybe when you were a little bit asleep, so that you ran away, hey, hey, it happens to all of us. it happens to all of us. Our courage fails us. you know henry fleming he he wandered around and he finally found some a line of wounded soldiers they were heading away from the front, and he felt ashamed because he had run away from the battle, but all these had stayed, and they had received a badge of honor, their wound. They had received a red, bloody badge of courage. This made Henry not despair, but search for his unit where he eventually forgives himself as the book goes on and becomes one of the bravest soldiers in the regiment. Christians don't despair. You can have forgiveness even though you may have have run away in the thick of the fight, don't let it be said of you, though. Don't let it be said of you too late. Don't let it be said of you too late. If you're not a Christian, the battle rages. The Lord needs your help. Don't let it be said of you too late. If you are a Christian, And you've run away from the battle. The battle still rages. Don't let it be said of you too late. You know, sometimes confronting yourself, (laughs) that takes the most courage. And when I ask you, what is courage? Courage. What is courage? I want you to say, this is. Walk up the aisle tonight and be baptized. That's together. We stand and sing.